Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So grateful that you've chosen to join us, and the Lord is doing great things, especially with Calvary Live. We want to welcome everyone to the brand new network that just added Calvary Live. All you guys listening on Freedom Radio, welcome to our our show. Uh, This is new, of course, in this time slot. You've had a show in this time slot for many years now, and it's brand new uh, to hear us here. Calvary Live is a radio program that originates here at from the studios of Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado. And so you have joined a few other radio networks um, that carry Calvary Live, and we just want to welcome you, welcome you, and let you know the numbers. Uh, The number to dial to be on the air with us is 303-690-3000, and... We want to welcome you. My chair just fell. <laughs> okay, here we go. I want to welcome you. Uh, the way the show works is you call and we answer and we talk about it on the air. Uh, it's a little different than the show that was previous on during this time slot because this is a pastoral show. And so what we mean by that is we want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. Uh, occasionally there'll be Bible questions, of course, and you'll get a, a pastor's answer we have different pastors that host the show, uh, so you get a different um, pastoral reflection, depending on who the host is. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, we are the church that oversees Grace FM, but of course we also have Hope FM and Truth FM that are, are also joining us. And here, for right now... Um, you need to know that you're hearing this program one week delayed. What that means is, is you're listening to it on your radio and it's, it's there, but you can call us during the, while the show is on and you will talk to us live. We will answer it live. And then you can tune in the following week and hear yourself on the radio. So as you're listening, uh, there is a live broadcast. This is a live show and we're working on technology. It would be great to deliver it live to all of our affiliates, and we'll be working on that in the future. But until then, you're hearing it delayed, and all that means is uh, that you can uh, you can call in and talk to us live and get to listen to yourself the following week. It's kind of cool. Uh, so let me just let you guys know, too, New states that are added on our network, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Idaho, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, 
New Mexico, Nevada. Uh, we're already on another part of Pennsylvania, uh, South Carolina, Tennessee, uh, Washington, you guys, Amarillo, Texas, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. And then, of course, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Truth FM. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We're just we're going to be introducing uh, here, you know, over time, just reminding you where you can call us, 303 690-3000, or you can uh, text us. We have a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated text line. It works anywhere in the country. So just put them into your phone. You could put Calvary Live text and Calvary Live live, or however you want to put it in. But you can call or text. The phone lines are filling up now. Um, and the best time to get on the show is these early hour, these early minutes, because the show does fill up over time. We're going to go to Fort Collins, Colorado, with Lorraine. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. Okay. So I have a deep end of the pool question, and I know that you'll know the answer. Okay. All right. So... In the, in the end times, um, the tribulation comes seven years. People that knew Christ prior are raptured. We believe that pre-tribulation belief. I believe that. And so we're in heaven for the duration that the tribulation is breaking out here on earth. After, and people come to know the Lord, which is the point of the tribulation, to bring Israel to a saving knowledge of who the Messiah is, correct? Correct. And to bring people uh, that don't know him to know him. And so after the seven-year period of time, that's when Christ comes back in his glory with his saints, which we've already been at the Bema Seat of Christ. We've had our judgment. We've had the marriage supper of the Lamb, all of that. We come back with him and so reign with him for the millennial reign, at which point, now we're in our heavenly bodies. Correct. So the tribulation believers, they enter the millennial reign in their natural bodies, and thus we cohabitate. Correct. All right. So all of that, my question is, what does it look like? I asked another pastor once um, about it, but I really want to hear what you have to say. So what does it look like, like specifically? Okay, so we're here. I get that it's like a, it's it's not a, I've heard it said not a, um, a perfect world, but it's like a renovated period of time on planet Earth. And so say that you knew the Lord prior to the tribulation, you come back, you're in your heavenly body, just like in the Um, upper room when Jesus came back he was in his heavenly body his eternal body and um, the disciples were in their natural bodies and so they cohabitated all right so what does it look like I didn't come to know the Lord until the tribulation so I enter that period of time in my natural body so if say I meet you somewhere and we're conversing and we want to go like to Starbucks do you like meet me there because you can just you're, you can just go there, and I have to drive there? Or, like, specifically, day-to-day, do you, in your 
eternal body. Do you have to rent an, rent an apartment? You see what I'm saying? Like, what do you do? You're in a different entity. And so what do you do? Do you have to sleep? Do you have an apartment? What do you do with your time? Do you have to have employment? See what I mean? What does it look like? Well, your questions are interesting, you know, mm-hmm. because I think that uh, that anticipation of what it's going to be like to occupy and rule and reign for a thousand years, what does that look like exactly? The Bible doesn't give the kind of answers you're looking for. So what we have to do is pull back and say, well, based on what the Bible does give us, what kind of conclusions can we come to? Um, and so the Bible does tell us, you know, that the there there is a restoration of of the earth to a pristine condition. You know, there's a perfect environment. Uh, the millennial period is going to be perfect in every way, physically and spiritually. Um, according to Micah, there's going to be peace and joy and comfort. There's going to be an, it's, it's going to have idyllic conditions like the Garden of Eden. Um, like, I didn't, not, not exactly, but like, because it, well, I mean, I guess it could be exactly after the fall because sin will still exist, right? There'll be a, uh, there'll be, I believe, a forced righteousness until the end where even at the end when there's a choice to be made, people, when the devil is released, people are going to still choose the devil. So there's going to be a forced righteousness and exactly how that looks. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like, um, you know, because you have believers entering the millennial kingdom, but then believers that with that make it through are going to cohabitate and have children, and they haven't had a chance yet um, to to decide. So you know that there's there's all sorts of things like obedience and holiness and truth. The knowledge of God will be there. Christ will rule as King. Uh, he'll have those. He'll have those ruling with him. Uh, it'll be an interesting time um, that that we haven't experienced yet, um, and I think that the closest that we can come to that as we read through is what it would have been like in the Garden of Eden, except with Jesus ruling and reigning and fulfillment of the covenants that were given uh, in the Old Testament. So, in light of that, about your how can how can the Glorified saints cohabitate with the non-glorified saints. Um, what what does that look like? Well, I think that when we're given new bodies, those new bodies are designed to last eternally. Those new bodies aren't necessarily um, they're not necessarily making us a different created being, um, but rather now we're taking on the fullness of the restoration of the of the work that Jesus has done on the cross so that we might now animate because you know our bodies our bodies are only vehicles by which we get to communicate right that we get to uh, relate to others through our bodies and that's the gift that God has given to us so that that relationship if if there is any any kind of interaction like that that's a it's a great question to ask i that one I've never heard before, like if somebody invited me to Starbucks, or, or even if there would be Starbucks, I, I think that would be like sinful, like Starbucks is so bad. But I'm just kidding, just kidding. Um, but if we were to meet at a Starbucks, um, could a glorified body meet with a non-glorified body? So let me ask you that. Let me ask you that particular question. Based on what we know of the scriptures, 
what's been revealed to us, can a person in a glorified body equally relate to a person that's in a non-glorified body? I would say yes. If, okay. if both know the Lord, then just like, like I said in the upper room, they related. It was a different relation because initially they, you know, they didn't recognize Christ. But then they sat, they had a meal together. So that's sort of our model. But yeah. didn't he, like, go through a door or something? So if that's the case, I mean, what limitations will there be? But, I, yeah, I don't see all of everyone who has already been to heaven and comes back segregated from those believers that have come to know Christ during the tribulation. I see it's all together. What that looks like, I don't know. But. Yeah, I do. I see the same thing. And I think your, right. your conclusion is, is a good conclusion in the sense that we have the example, right? The forerunner, uh, mm-hmm. the firstborn of the dead, Jesus Christ, was able to relate to people mm-hmm. in physical human bodies while he was in mm-hmm. his glorified body. And, and there's definitely a different consistency, at least with Jesus there was, his ability to appear and not appear um, whether that is a, a result of the glorified body or simply a result of his deity combined with glorified body, we're not told. Mm, um, mm-hmm. uh, but he definitely was sense. in his glorified body when he did it. And that, you know, again, because, because this isn't specifically answered, we can only do what we're doing right now. I, I like to call it biblically speculating, you know, right. I, because like, okay, so we know that that he was restricted by his human body willingly, according to, I was just reading that this morning, where Jesus, when he took on a human body, there were definitely restrictions in that human body that were not there in his glorified body. Okay. So there right. is change. Right. There's definitely change. And we, de- we, we know that new bodies are, are going to be spiritual uh, in that sense, where they're, they're going to have an ability to be eternal, according to 1 Corinthians. And so... Uh, but some of the other questions, I mean, that, that's what leaves the, um, the mystery of God to, for us to anticipate exactly mm-hmm. what that would be. But it's a great question. I've never heard it before. Well, all right. So then here's a correlating question, actually, too, and I'll um, state them briefly so you can take other callers. But all right, so the Lord reigns in Jerusalem. I want to be where he is. So is his presence ubiquitous? I mean, is he omnipresent? at that time, or will I still be in Fort Collins if the Lord is in Jerusalem? Or are all believers crowded around the throne where he is? Because I want to be where he is. Yeah, I think there's, I think there can be, a, I think there can be both. I, I do believe that the body um, prevents him from being ubiquitous um, at, in his physical, in the physical, like Jesus emptied himself to take the form of a man eternally. He is now eternally like us by his choice, not as us, but like us. He is, I think there's still a similar Philippians type of, of, of restriction that comes with a glorified body so that he will eternally be 100% God and 100% man. That was not a temporary existence. That's an eternal existence. Mm-hmm. So, but with that in mind, there's definitely uh, a new form, a new existence with a, with a glorified body. And I think that goes for us, too. I, I don't think that we will have limitations. I think that you—not only will you want to be—so I want to add another thought to you, too, as we 
biblically speculate. Not only will you want to be with Jesus, but you'll also want to do what he tells you to do. So if he assigns you Fort Collins, you will joyfully go to Fort Collins. Okay. I think that that's, so I, I don't know how this, how does it work where will all of our desires be um, only what he wants, but what he wants, he assigns us and he gives us certain, um, you know, there's a passage in, um, oh, I want to say maybe Isaiah, Isaiah 32. Let me just look this rule up real quick here. There's a passage in Isaiah about... Behold, a king will reign in righteousness. Princes will rule with justice. Uh, that doesn't tell us much. But there is going to be a co-laboring ruling with him. Uh, and, you know, there's there's going to be enjoyment all, all around. Um, so good question. We can only okay. talk out loud about it. Last, last question. The Holy Spirit during that time. Um, I know that at the time of the rapture, the restrainer is taken, thus, thus the Holy Spirit in us. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is removed, is my understanding. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And then the new believers during the tribulation that come to know the Lord, does the Holy Spirit come in them afresh? Or Because God gave the helper um, to the church age. So once the church is removed, what do the tribulation believers receive? Is it the Holy Spirit, or do you see what I mean? Yeah, I believe, I believe that when you see the ministry of the Holy Spirit with the Church, there's an indwelling, a permanent sealing, and I believe then when that which is taken away is the Holy Spirit's presence in the Church. The Holy Spirit isn't removed. Um, the Holy Spirit is truly ubiquitous uh, in the sense of being omnipresent, uh, and so what I believe what the restraining forces, the Holy Spirit indwelling the church. It's a fullness. It's not the Holy Spirit's removed and there's something foreign. And perhaps um, because the church continues, the entity of the church continues after the rapture, even though we may call them tribulation saints, they still become a part of the church. Uh, and so I don't think the Holy Spirit is removed completely from the planet Earth, but that that specific reference is the Holy Spirit's removal in the removal of the church and the preserving force of the size of the church, the amount of believers on the earth, the, the Spirit working through the church, all of that is removed. But the person of the Spirit is not removed. I actually understood that. Thank you. You're welcome. Let me give you a follow-up. Here's one texting. If glorified bodies cohabitate with earthly bodies, can they reproduce? There's, no. So you're so now you're you're sprouting new questions from others, and the answer is no, um, no. very much That's so. A big fat no. And and that that has everything to do with the glorified body and your new glorified existence, the the type of of relations that husband and wives have don't exist anymore for those that are in glorified bodies. Right. So there you go. You're stirring up questions with other people. <laughs> okay. Will you please, please, please pray for my son Luke? Before we hang up, please. Father, we pray for Luke. We pray, God, for your will to be accomplished in his life. Um, You know, that we could talk about all these wonderful things, um, thinking about what it's like and, you know, thinking about what what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and what's the millennial bike. But but we're living in real time, Lord. 
And so we have real needs with our kids, our family, our friends, our churches. We have real needs, even people in the hospital right now. Um, you know, COVID and what it's doing with people. We've got a few in our church that have experienced cancer. We've got a few really tragic losses recently. And so, Lord, we recognize that you are um, you are faithful and reliable, trustworthy, and we trust our needs to you. And we trust Luke to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, Thank bye-bye. You. Okay. 303-690-3000 is the number. We have all open lines, 303-690-3000. And it's, it's a good thing um, that, uh, especially for those of you that are new and newer to Calvary Live, one of the things we don't do is argue. Uh, that's just not going to be a direction that we take, uh, and we just won't do it. We won't do it uh, in the screening section, and we won't do it on the air because there's enough arguing. This has to be a safe zone where we talk about things. Uh, we may not always agree, um, and that's perfectly okay in the body of Christ on secondary matters. Um, but you know, we're this. This is a family show where we want to encourage. We want to edify, we want to strengthen, and we welcome all the new stations on Freedom Radio. We're grateful that you've joined us. We know that you are um, going to love this show. Uh, you're, I know it's in the first couple of days, but we're already, already getting feedback from Alabama and Florida, so thank you. Uh, get, jot this number down. This is a brand new number, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. Of course, a brand new number for you guys. But everyone on Hope FM, Truth FM, Grace FM, same number, 303-690-3000. And then the text line, if you're in a safe place and you'd like to text us, 720-336-0897. And we've got listeners from all around the country. We've got listeners from the Netherlands, Ukraine, Philippines, uh, welcome. We're glad that you joined us. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Doug here in Aurora, Colorado. Doug, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah, I was, um, well, reading uh, God's Promises, R.C. Okay. Sproul. All right. And he speaks of a covenant of works and a covenant of grace, and he separates them in an interesting way, I thought. Um, covenant of works was before the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He had mentioned that all we had to do, Adamic being human, all we had to do was obey the one rule of not eat of the tree, and we couldn't do that. So he switched at that point to the beginning of the covenant of grace. And uh, it seemed interesting, but I thought I would ask the question of if there was if you had any clarifying words or, or uh, comments. <laughs> Well, you know, R.C. Sproul is coming from a perspective of reform theology. So, f- from the pa- from the package of reform theology, 
um, they they hold to something known as covenant theology, you know, and the idea that um, now um, covenant theology just kind of looks at all of scriptures in only one of two ways, uh, the covenant of works or the covenant of grace. Um, that that can get into a very dangerous area um, because within covenant theology, you can also come to a place of replacement theology where now the church somehow replaces all of the promises given to Israel. Um, we teach Scripture here at Calvary from a perspective not of covenant theology, but of dispensationalism. And there's even different perspectives of dispensationalism, but that God deals with man in different ways, but God doesn't change. It's always been a—I guess if you use this language, it's always been a covenant of grace. Um, God giving Adam and Eve the— um, the Garden of Eden um, is an act of His grace to begin with, and so we. I wouldn't. I wouldn't separate. Um, I, I don't adhere to the covenant theology. I just put it that way. And I, it was. It's interesting. I th- I thought how how he laid it out, but um, wasn't quite. I didn't quite understand, but I um. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I it is it is it is the introduction to Reformed theology, uh, or oh. and sometimes you might hear Reformed theology referred to as Calvinism, but it's it it also kind of comes to us. Um, the Roman Catholic Church holds to a similar view of these two covenants, uh, and you know, I think that certainly God has made agreements with man. Um, we just look at it from the perspective of of dispensationally, how God has dealt with out of his love and grace in each time period. Dispensation is a time period of how God has related to, uh, and then, you know, there's a lot of disagreement on what the dispensations are. You Sometimes hyper-dispensationalism, like when you go overboard with even with dispensationalism, you get to a place where you box God in, that he can't operate any other way because it's not the right dispensation, which, you know, I wouldn't agree with either. Yeah, so, that, that doesn't that doesn't sound—that's that's like putting limits on God when correct. he's the one in control of everything. Yes. So um, he, he did mention, and if I have time, I'd like to bring this one up, um, that the, the the test— if you if you call it in the Garden of Eden um, before the fall, and then they they, they failed the test at the tree, um, and then he brought up um, Christ being led into the wilderness, being tempted by Satan. Now he did say that it tells it tell I think it's Mark the reference maybe it's Luke where a- after after he he's baptized he's led into the de- wilderness by the Spirit. And then Satan tempts him for the forty days and forty nights, and that was like the test of Adam and Eve. Only Christ passed the test, whereas Adam and Eve didn't. And uh, I, I, I don't know what to think about that one. Well, I mean, you can compare anything in the scriptures looking backwards, but if he, uh, I would not agree. I haven't read R.C. Sproul in so many years, um, so I'm, I'm, I would have to really sit down. You know, 
Reformed theology and Calvinistic thinking makes it so complicated, you actually have to sit down and try to figure out what they mean. Like, what is exactly that you're saying? Like, if he's saying that a new covenant of grace was ushered in, or that somehow Jesus, through withstanding temptation, did something salvific, he didn't. It wasn't sal. And I don't think I don't think he's saying that. So I don't remember the thinking around that um, particular assertion. Um, but you know, Jesus withstanding a temptation is a good thing. Uh, he gives us the strength to withstand temptation ourselves. I don't know how much more that would mean as it compares to the Garden of Eden, other than uh, Adam. Adam is the first, you know, and according to Romans, you know, Adam, because of one man's sin, sin entered, sin entered the world so that now by one man, grace can enter and forgiveness can come. I mean, there is that comparison in Romans, but got to go. Thanks for calling. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Already the second half of today's program. So encouraged to be with you this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. I am uh, the pastor. I have the privilege of pastoring Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado. We're in our 20, I want to say 22nd year of ministry here in Colorado. It is uh, very amazing how time flies. It, it goes by so quickly. We want to redeem the time for the days are evil. We want to make sure we're not wasting our time, but we're redeeming the time in every aspect of our lives and not worrying about balance. You know, I, I was talking to a brother the other day and this is a little bit of a uh, controversial. It's not, you know, it's not super controversial, but I'll be asked, you know, Ed, how do you balance it all? How do you balance? How do you find balance? That's a big buzzword today. And here's where, here's my general answer. I don't believe there's such a thing as balance. I don't think that is possible. I, not only that, the attempt to find balance only puts another added pressure and burden on your shoulders because you never attain it. I mean, if you think about balance, think back to a time when you were happy. The reason you're talking about balance is because you feel like things are out of control, but maybe things aren't as out of control as you believe because you have a false sense of something you, you know, you want to be balanced. And here's why I don't believe balance is possible. You can only do one thing at a time which I also believe that multitasking is false. I'm not saying you can't do a couple things at the same time. Of course you can. However, it's not effective. And, and it's kind of coming to us from the business world, the efficiency experts. Oh, we need to multitask because so we can get more done in less time and ultimately, in their minds, make more money. But what it's done is it's crushed the psyche of men and women because you weren't made to multitask. You were made to worship God. That's why you were created, to bring pleasure to God. And Jesus would say, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. But what happens is we try, we're, well, yeah, I guess I'll seek the Lord, so I'll, I'll seek heaven and his righteousness, so I'll go to church. No, 
That's only a part of attending fellowship in a with a family of believers is only a is is only a part of your relational relate your relational connection with God. It's not an event. It's part of life. And you, you know, just it, it's not something you just you, you try to balance. And here's my thing on balance. And I I'll probably do a podcast. I I probably should start doing podcasts again. But I'll develop this here in the near future. But when when you are trying to find balance you're never happy because for example uh, right now I am hosting this live radio broadcast it is taking an hour uh, a little bit of prep beforehand a little bit of follow-up afterwards but let's just say an hour of my time that I will never get back I can never replace this hour I can never trade this hour it is an hour that I have chosen to devote to this event, this, this, uh, well, I don't know what the word I want to use, this thing. I'm hosting a radio program. If then I said, well, then I got to give an hour to my wife. Well, no, what if God wants to give me, give two hours to my wife? Or what if he doesn't want me to count my hours? And what if he wants me to go on a walk with her? And like, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to measure out things so they're balanced. I'm resting in the Lord and following his lead and he'll lead me and he'll guide me. And sometimes I've got to spend like today all day. I'm on my head down studying. I've got a lot of studies. I got a conference coming up in a month. I got, we've got refresh conference coming up in a month. I got a lot going on. So I'm head down, taking care of things, answering phone calls. Like let's just say I was from about five o'clock today, AM till now. So what, what is that? 11 hours. I'm not going to get those 11 hours back. Um, they're, they're, they're spent. They're invested. And I believe they were invested in serving the Lord. And so maybe your eight hours or nine hours today were delivering packages. You're not going to get that back. But that was God's will for your life. And then you come home and read the Bible. And my friend of mine in Georgia, gets he works for UPS, and he's a pastor. He gets up at 2 in the morning so he can study while everyone's asleep and then head off to work at four and then get home, you know, at one or something like that. So be careful with balance. I'm not saying that you can't be imbalanced or anything because you have to develop that thought, but like sometimes it's just an added burden. No, do what's in front of you. Seek the Lord. That's it. Just seek the Lord and he'll lead you and guide you and you just know that the Lord will take you wherever he wants you. Isn't that great? So good. 303-690-3000. Let's go back to the phone lines again to Aurora, Colorado. Phil, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. Um, Yeah, I I just wanted to get a little bit of information about um, the Freedom FM that you've been talking about. Um, Yes. Like what the uh, call numbers are and if it would... I got family in... uh, outside of Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana, and, and Denham Springs, and if it would reach them. and just Okay, let me see if I can look up the, the um, here, let me see if I can look up the list of stations. It is a, a radio network uh, that's based in Amarillo, Texas, and let's see if I can find the list here. The website is freedomradiofm.com. FreedomRadioFM.com, and I'm clicking on the stations now. And you said uh, Louisiana. Uh huh. 
There is a st- there is a station in New Orleans, eighty nine point five. Eighty nine point five. Okay, and that's free. And that's the Freedom Radio. Um, yeah, it's freedomradiofm.com. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Well, well, thank you. Um, and also, I was just going to see if I'm having a conflict with uh, my wife today, and I don't know, just maybe praying for some wisdom resolving that. All right, let's do that. Father, we, we pray for this conflict in marriage with Phil and just his sensitivity to recognizing uh, a need for you to intervene to bring them together in one, to reconcile their differences. And may you answer his prayer. May you minister to his wife right now. May her voice be heard and understood. May you minister to Phil right now that his voice and and his viewpoint will be heard and that there would just be a meeting of the minds. I pray, God, against the division and the distraction, even how little it might be, that God, you would, I, I pray over marriages, just thinking about how how much stress has been created, how much more stress has been created from 2020 and 2021. And now this, this minor thing, perhaps, Lord, it could blow up into something major. And I just pray you give Phil as a loving husband, as the leader in his home, but also just with a heart to serve his precious wife to resolve this conflict in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. So Phil, let me fill you in. Let me lighten the let me lighten your day a little bit, okay? I've got a conflict with my wife too. It's not as serious as yours, but I want to hear your point of view, okay? Okay. When we I believe when you move to another state to another city that you should keep the sports teams that you grew up with, that you should be loyal to your sports team. She believes and she's not willing to move an inch, that you should adopt the team of the city that you moved to. What say you? <laughs> um, you could both root for your own team, I suppose, or you could sacrificially root for the team that you moved <laughs> to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're in conflict with me, Phil, but I just wanted to lighten it up. You know, like it is, it is marriage is challenging. It takes a lot of work. Uh, and I know not all of our conflicts can bring a laugh, um, but it does take a lot of work to m- maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And and I know the Lord will lead you through this and strengthen you. Okay. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. All right, man. Bless you, brother. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, so back to the Freedom Radio FM. Uh, Freedom Radio, you guys welcome everyone listening in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nevada, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Washington, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Um, Wow. And that includes Colorado, Nebraska, and also Wyoming here. Truth FM covers Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky. Uh, um, Hope FM's got Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Uh, and so we are just grateful to be a small part of the huge work that God's doing uh, through this. And um, welcome aboard. Over to Pennsylvania, Alexander, welcome to the program. Uh, good, a- good afternoon, Pastor Ed. Good afternoon. Hey, I have a question. I'm uh, going through a lot of uh, work, and um, and I just want to ask for uh, your advice. And uh, what do you think? So I work for a school district. 
and now they have this whole uh, LGBT thing going on. The the prona- yes. pronouns, like you have to, yes. um, like I had an encounter with a in a meeting where the team leader said that um, there was a, a student who changed her name to a boy's name, and I don't know. I felt like as a Christian, I couldn't call that that person the boy's name because she was a girl. And um, okay. I don't want to be specific, like exactly, because I don't know, like, listen yeah, to better. me <laughs> right now. That's okay. But um, yes, yeah. So, so I, I, when they asked me, I said, "Look, I cannot do that. Uh, first of all, because um, my faith. I'm a Christian. I'm a born again Christian, and I think is wrong. But let's 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 not even let's put faith on the side. I am not going to confuse any kid. I'm not going to tell." a girl that she's a boy when you know so the whole thing is that i i i felt like they were telling me that it was really unprofessional that i shouldn't do that and it's like i don't know they say a bunch like a bunch of things like oh that's like it's like saying that you don't the muslims are wrong i was like look this is not a religious debate it's just the way i am the way i believe and i'm not gonna do that and uh yeah, so I feel like they put in a lot of pressure for me to quit. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I believe, I couldn't, it just couldn't come out of my heart to do the opposite. It couldn't. I, I would feel so bad. But I don't know if I'm just being too religious or, I I, I mean, I'm, I'm being a Christian, I believe, when I read the Bible. Because God created a man a man and a woman a woman, you know? Um, yes. And, and that's what's happening right now, and... Yeah, I, I just want to know what do you think about that, and if you can pray for me and my situation. Well, we're definitely living in a very hostile time period in our country, in particular, with these immoral, uh, challenging decisions that are being made that do not reflect a. You know, we're not really in a Christian culture anymore. We're more post-Christian. You know, you get your eyes on Europe. And, and even the Middle East, and it's very post-Christian. It's not just post-modern, it's post-Christian. Even You could even say it's post-truth. And so that poses significant challenges for us as believers, not only in sharing the gospel and expressing love, but also in trying to avoid the landmines of, of all the, the wildness that's going on in our world. You think of Lot. We were studying this last night. Uh, in Second Peter, and you think of Lot when he's described. Let me let me look it up for you real quick here. Uh, and yeah. you know we're very. You think of what Noah had to go through. You think of what Lot had to go through. Um, but uh, it says in Second Peter two, it says the the um, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. He didn't spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And listen to what he says here. Who delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the world, for that righteous man dwelling among him tormented his righteous soul from day to day. And I think the old King James said, vexed his soul. And that's really what we're living in. We're living in a time of vexing. 
and our souls are being tormented. Uh, that word in the Greek means to torture or afflict with pain, or it can also be translated harassing. And that's what you just experienced. The culture in the secular school system is a harassing, afflicting culture. Now, not everybody, not the people, not all the people would be, but the system is. And you've just come up against something where you cannot participate. You're kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you said, I've gone as far as I can. I cannot do what you're telling me to do. And you're standing your ground. And now you need to be ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Because that's probably what's going to happen. It's going to get harder for you, not easier. But even if, and even when it gets harder for you, we have the example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who received a very special visit from the Lord to encourage them and strengthen them and get them through their trial. Uh, But it's going to get harder. I wish I could say it's going to get easier, but I don't believe that. I believe it's going to get harder. And you're, you know, I hope everyone listening in, this is what it looks like. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna get harder and and it's like basically you breaking the rules and and you know you not being professional and th- this is the thing. Uh, but the only part that I care about is about being a witness. And I think yes, um, I want to be a witness. You know, I don't want to like get angry or anything like that. But I, as far as being a witness, I think I made the right cho- the right decision by. Um, standing for what I believe, I, I don't think if I would have bent, you know, to the movement yeah. and say, you know, I'm a believer. Yeah, that's fine. I'll call her, you know, a boy. I don't think I felt so like bad if I would have done that. So as yes. far as being a witness, I think I did the right thing. I, I don't know. I'm pretty well, sure I, mean, I did. I, this is one of those areas where I, the, let me give you an alternative view. The years that I was in, yeah. I was in the corporate world. Uh, when I was in the corporate world, they had just um, deployed system-wide email. You know, that's how long ago it was. We all got our email accounts. We got to put our little signatures on the bottom. And my coworkers, uh, they were putting signatures like quotes from Oprah and quotes from Gandhi and quotes from uh, the the Quran. And so I, I thought, I decided, you know what? If I can put a quote, then I'm going to put a scripture. And so I put yeah. a scripture. And I also had on my computer a screensaver with scriptures so that back in the day, remember when your computer went into screensaving mode and and it would flash pictures and I had a scriptures, a, a, a special package I purchased. And, and so when you know it, somebody turned me in and HR uh, called me up. Um, the HR people at the time uh, were very anti-Christ, um, very vocal about it. They didn't like God. They didn't like me. And so she called me in and said, Ed, I, I noticed you have a, a little Bible verse, you know, and she kind of made fun of me on your, on your email, and you need to take it off. And I said, why? Uh, everybody's putting stuff on their email. This guy's quoting God. Well, we're, and she said, we're not, we're not religious here. We don't allow, we don't promote one religion over the other. And, and I said, and then I, and, I, and then I said, but man, he puts Gandhi, she puts a, like Confucius or whatever. And, and they go, no, Ed, listen, yeah. Ed, if you don't take it off, we're going to fire you. And I said, well, then, and I got all upset about it. And I go, well, then fire me right now. And, you know, that unbeliever gave me practical wisdom. She said, why don't you just sit, think about it for a night and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And I said, oh, okay, I'll do that. And I left all hot and upset. And, 
And I and so that night, you know, I talked to my wife, I prayed, and I I I really sought the Lord for this, and I felt like the Lord was telling me, this was many years ago, I felt like the Lord was telling me, just take the scripture off, Ed. Take it off. Because you're more valuable to me serving. I had about 300 employees that I, I was a manager of. It's, you, you're more important in that building serving those employees than you are getting fired over a scripture. And And I'm like, okay. I kind of felt like, I kind of felt like Peter. Remember Peter when he had the the dream of the animals coming down and and God said, "No, get up and, you know, go ahead and eat those animals." And Peter said, "No way. That's unclean." Like I was fighting with God, but I said, "No. I'm going to do what I feel like the Lord wants me to do, and I'm going to just go in." And I went into HR the more, next morning. I went right into her office and I said, "No problem. I'm getting rid of the screensaver. I'm getting rid of the scripture. No problem." And she said, "Okay." You know, she kind of had that little look like she won something. But she didn't, because not only did I get to stick around, not only did I lead people to the Lord there, but I would have never known that God would use that company to move me to Colorado, provide for my family so that I could plant the church, so I could be a part of the church plant here. And so what you're feeling right now, I say all that to say this, what you're feeling right now, whether you did the right thing or not, and you have that conviction, it's okay. You you can make that, you can have that conviction, but... If I just want you to pray through, if you do get fired and you're not there for those kids, then who will replace you? God may have you there for such a time as this. I mean, obviously, if you think it's a sin, because let's just say, let me put it a different thing. You, you, what if they said, what if it was a girl and she said, call me Joseph? I mean, all right, if that's what you want to be called, okay, Joseph. You know, a name is a name. We know who she is. I'm still in her life. And by calling, and, and I know it's hard, so I, everybody listening is like all mad right now uh, or yelling at your radio. I, I am not approving of the LGBT community. I'm not approving of their sinful behavior. But I think we need to recognize that, yeah, they have got these ideas of pronouns and stuff. And yeah, well, great. I can call you whatever you want me to call you That's not that, that I think that I, can, I wouldn't be sinning and still stay in relationship with you as long as I can. And and I'm not approving, because Jesus was able to stand in the midst of a woman caught in adultery, and he didn't sin. He was able to be at a wedding with a lot of people drunk, and he didn't sin. He was able to be a friend of sinners and still not sin. So we know it's possible. It's just where do we personally stand? And you just may not be able to do that, and you don't want to go against your conscience. And that's okay. That's okay. I may land a little bit differently, and that's okay as long as we're not blatantly sinning according to the, to the word. And, you know, kids, they go through things. They Who knows what kind of input their parents are giving them? And, uh, of course, your colleagues, they're just lost as lost can be, and they're just, you know, they're flowing with the culture of the world. But then again, if your voice is, I know they're making fun of you and pressuring you, and that's not fun, but when your voice is gone... Um, this might be the time your voice is gone because if it's not this, it'll be something down the road. We're we're in a very hostile culture right now, and these decisions are very hard. Yeah, I understand. Well, let me I pray for you. Yeah, let me pray you. for you, Father. I pray for my brother. Um, it is hard, and we all have our stories. We all have our points of view. But God, Alexander, have his own personal walk with you. 
where he wants to do the right thing and he wants to be a witness. And I mean, he is a witness. He just doesn't want to be. He is a witness. And so I pray you would help him, comfort him. And ultimately what your word says, whatever we do in word or deed, we do it all in the name of the Lord. And so I pray for Alexander as he does everything in word and deed, in the Lord, to the Lord, and for you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks a lot, Pastor. All right, bro. Call me Call me back in a couple weeks. Let me know how it goes. All right. Thank you. I will. All right, brother. Bye-bye. All right. Let's try to squeeze this call in. Jeff in Denver, Colorado. Jeff, welcome to the program. Uh, we don't got you, Jeff. Are you there? All right. Sorry you dropped off. Would love for ha- to have you uh, call back. All right. Pastor Ed, might be a strange question. If God is omnipotent, knows all that is, was, and will be, why were the Jewish people his chosen people? He knew they were not going to recognize Jesus as Messiah. Any insight is appreciated. Yeah, that's a great question. It's not strange at all. Uh, as we wrestle in our finiteness with the uh, trying to understand the infinite character and nature of God, uh, you know, it, it, it's like we try to put our. I mean, this is a not a strange question, but rather a good question because you're really wrestling with the text, and he, you're wrestling with the reality of man. I don't grasp this. Uh, I don't understand this. Let me take you to a a New Testament passage. I can't remember right now, but hopefully while I'm reading this, um, uh, I can I can, re- I can remember the passage where, and maybe you guys listening can help me out, send me that text where in the Old Testament it talks about how God didn't choose Israel because they were something special. Um, if you guys remember that text, text it to me while I'm reading this. But in the New Testament, same principle in the New Covenant, uh, where Paul the Apostle is writing uh, to the church in Corinth, and again, this is the same omnipotent God, knows everything, um, past, present, and future. And then he says um, that when he's writing to them, he says that the uh, choice that he made, um, that God made, was a choice of grace. For we see your calling, brethren, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble or called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world to, and the things which are despised God has chosen uh, and the things that are not to bring to nothing the things that are. And then he summarizes it. And I think it's a similar answer to why what you asked in the chosen people of Israel. So that no flesh could glory in his presence. And that really is the essence of what we're dealing with. The choice of the Jewish people as the chosen ones is not because they're any better to any than anyone else. It's simply the sovereign choice of God so that no flesh could glory in his presence. I mean, as you look at the children of Israel and their weaknesses and their failures, you're like, yeah, that, that's all that God could choose. Um, that's all that God had, and as He uh, as He makes that sovereign choice, He could He could have chosen any con- any nation, any people group, um, 
and it and and thank you joe for texting in from washington uh deuteronomy 7 7 the lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people because you were the least of all peoples but because the lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage and from the hand of Pharaoh. And know this, he says, that the Lord your God, he is God, faithful God, keeps covenant and mercy. And that is going to be the purpose of God through. Um, it, it wasn't because of anything special. It was sim- Verse 8 in the New Living Translation says, it was simply that the Lord loves you. And that's it. It was a choice of love. It was a choice of grace. It was a choice that truly any nation could have been chosen. But as we look at the written history of God on the planet, it was the nation of Israel. And indeed, what a special, special choice that was. So thank you, guys. And we're up at the end of the program once again. uh, I want to invite you uh, to participate in the work of God for your life. Uh, Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. Uh, Go download our free app. Just put my name, Ed Taylor, in your search, you know, whatever your Google or your Apple uh, app store, and put my name in, Ed Taylor. The Calvary Church app pops up. It gets you access to Grace FM. It gets you access to everything we're doing here at Calvary Church. Gets you notifications. I send out an encouragement every morning and some updates and different things. We're studying through the book of Second Peter. I think it's a very relevant time, both Second Peter and First Peter, in the days in which we live. Study them. Every study we've taught almost is on our app. Uh, And we'd love to have you partner with us, connect with us, bless you, encourage, be encouraged in the Lord. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, uh, the same time, Calvary Live. May the Lord encourage, strengthen, and bless you tonight. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.